My name is Melinda Butler. I'm an attorney with Butler Law Firm. The longer I practiced law, the more I recognized the confusion that existed around the rights of parents and grandparents involved in Department of Social Services legal matters. For that reason, I started Facebook Live in November of 2019 and this podcast in October of 2020 called Family Strong to build your family unit through character, integrity, and knowledge for parents and grandparents in the legal issues of the DSS system. On this Thursday, and I have a case in front of me today that's um, an interesting case. Well, I, I call every case interesting, I know, because I think that uh, these things are very interesting. I love reading case law all the time. I love to educate myself on the law and I love educating you on the law. So that's why I come to you every Thursday uh, to educate and uh, empower you to know um, what you're dealing with if you get yourself into a situation. So as the, the title implicates, the um, if DSS accuses you of abandoning your child, when you feel threatened by your teenager. So we know that that happens when, um, when children are, are growing up and they're getting into their teen years. I mean, sometimes it's just all you can do to not uh, buckle under the pressure to, you know, put their head through the wall or whatever, <laughs> whatever the case might be. I mean, there's just uh, some real emotions that come with knowing that you're trying to set boundaries for your teenager, while at the same time your teenager is coming at you, and and there's a con- there's a control battle going on in a lot of cases in the household, and so you come to want to understand who's going to win this battle of control and how and if my teenager wins the battle of control what does that mean for the rest of my house are we going to live in torment and torture so the question that i'm going to deal with because i am not going to try to teach you how to deal with your teenager absolutely not i have raised three teenagers so far my um i have a 26 year old a 21 year old and a 19 year old and i'm fixing to get into raising another teenager she's 11 so we're not there yet um so i'm not going to teach you how to raise your teenager at all i have no idea don't listen to me you you would you would not fare well um but i will talk to you about what the law says about raising your teenager and if you come in uh, to a situation that you find yourself in to where you don't know how to handle this situation because of your unruly teenager because of your teenager that's bucking you in your own house and and you're feeling unsafe so this law this case is a sad case and you know a lot of these cases are sad i just it's just the way it is in the world that we live in every day thank you that i'm just able to um, I don't have to carry those burdens myself. I can give those those burdens to my God. I don't know who you know you give them to, but I encourage you to 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 give your burdens. Um, but in this case, these were adoptive parents. This child was ten years old when she was adopted. It says this is the case out of Charleston, DSS versus Wiseman, W I S E M A N. Um, it was a case that had appellate case number 2016-001903. 
It was opinion number 5626, and it was filed February 13, 2019. So uh, that's the that's the citation for you if you wanted to check that out. But this is a case where it was adoptive parents, so it was not their natural child. However, when they became her adoptive parents, they became her parents for all purposes forever. Like they are on her birth certificate. And so the question becomes, you know, first of all, is there a difference between adoptive parents and biological? Biological parents can adoptive parents go hand the teenager back, um, whereas biological parents can't go hand the teenager back. No, really, nobody can hand a teenager back. That's just the way it is. You commit yourself to life when you have that teenager, when you have that baby, when you have that child, when you choose to adopt that child. No matter how you got the child, if you're the parent of that child and you've adopted it or you're the biological parent, it's, it's your child. You can't go hand the child back. You can't go take the child to the uh, DSS steps or the courthouse steps and say, it's your child. Take the child. Now, caveat there, there is a provision for a baby that you can do that to up to a certain amount of time. And I'll talk to you about that one day on here if, if you're interested in hearing about that. But you cannot do that for a teenager. So sorry to um, bust your bell if you thought that I was going to tell you how to do that today. I know some of you would like to do that some days or you feel like you would like to do that. But really and truly, you don't want to get rid of your child. You just want your child to understand that you're trying to do what's best for your child. So in this situation, these adoptive parents, though, they they had enough. They the, the facts were and I'm just going to uh, read them straight out. It says that uh, the, the the adoptive mother took away the child's easy bake oven and iPad because she was falling behind her schoolwork and being disrespectful. At that point, the child got up in the mother's face, began screaming, cussing and threatening mother with her fist. Mother told the child to go outside and calm down. Uh, shortly thereafter, the adoptive father arrived home. He attempted to calm the minor child down. When the father tugged on the minor's shirt and asked her to stand up, the minor tried to hit the father with a brick. In an effort to avoid being struck with the brick, father grabbed at minor's hair as he fell backward to the ground. Minor then threatened to hit father, and uh, minor ran off to the neighbor's house. Well, um, the... The police were called, according to this case that I'm reading, this is the South Carolina Court of Appeals uh, case. The police were called and the police officer testified at court that um, at the trial in this case, because DSS was trying to get the adoptive parents on a finding of abandonment because they refused to take the child back in their care when, um, when the child was released from the hospital. So the officer did believe that the uh, child needed psychiatric treatment and she was placed in a, in a hospital. And I tell you, this is very sad. This is a sad situation, but it is something that happens a lot of times when children are adopted um, this, at this stage in their life. So the case tells us that even at the time of the child's adoption, it's at footnote number four. It says the minor child was diagnosed with several psychiatric disorders prior to her adoption. So that lets us understand that this was not something that these adoptive parents were not aware of prior to the adoption. She was already diagnosed with several psychiatric disorders. So they had to know what they were getting into. So just a couple years later when this incident happened and the child went to um, medical university um, for inpatient treatment, well, about 14 days later, this case tells us, um, medical university wanted to discharge child. Well, 
uh, adoptive parents say, I'm not taking child back into my house. And so um, the DSS sought a finding of abandonment on the adoptive parents saying, you abandoned this child when you refused to take her back into your care. And I think about it in this context a lot of times for my people that watch um, here and listen to my podcast, you know, the parents that we deal with where there's a DJJ and the child's been put in DJJ or the, or the child's in your house and just, you know, this teenager is just trying to run your house and run all over you um, and, and or the child's been arrested and put in DJJ and then you go up to the court and at the hearing for DJJ and you say, I just don't know how I can take the child back into my house. Um, I got other children in the house that I'm concerned about. Well, that's what these adoptive parents said. And 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 the Court of Appeals actually agreed with the do- adoptive parents. They overturned the family court judge who made a finding of abandonment in this case. And they said, uh, essentially, the, the foster, the adoptive parents did not abandon the child, willfully abandon the child, um, a, a term of art there that, that does come into play, because they feared that the child was going to harm them. They did not want to allow her into their home and uh, because of that fear and that she had threatened them. And also that they had they had visited the child. They didn't just leave the child at the facility and never talk to her again. They visited the child. They talked to the child's treatment providers. They tried to cooperate and make a plan for the child. They just refused to bring the child back to their house at that time because they didn't they feared for their safety is what it is what it come down to in this paperwork. So the family court judge said that they abandoned the child. Well, the court of appeals after an appeal went up. So I've talked to you about that process many times here before is that when the court of appeals gets in in place, they can review the family court's decision to see if the family court was right in their finding. And in this case, they said, no, they said, we reverse the finding of abandonment and we order that the adopted parents' name be removed from DSS database of abuse and neglect. So they, um, the Court of Appeals, after hearing all the evidence, this this case says that there was a three-day trial on the issues. So what that means is that for three full days, there was testimony and exhibits presented uh, by DSS and by these adoptive parents who had um uh, refused to take the teenager back into their home. So, and, and there was also a guardian ad litem would have been involved for the child. So a guardian ad litem is the person who comes in and, and, and represents the child's best interest to the court, kind of looks out for the child's best interest and uh, investigates in the case. Well, all these people would have been involved in this three-day trial to determine did these parents abandon their child after what she did in the incident after what they did in the incident and um and in the end was it abandonment and they said no the court of appeals said no so so you can you can take that now you know you don't you you can't take that as a license to say i can just go and say that i don't want my child anymore because my child is you know causing me fear or causing my children fear or um causing us to uh to live in fear and the child does this and the child does that uh, you are obligated to your child, regardless of whether you adopted your child or whether it is your natural child. And it is hard to imagine um, not not moving forward with the um, 
with raising your child up and just going through everything that you possibly can to help the child before you get these drastic remedies of putting the child in an inpatient psychiatric facility and saying so and you know our people we know you know you raised up we was raised up that uh children's going to be children and they're going to come in and they're going to do what they're going to do and they're going to start acting out and you're just going to love them through that you're going to you're going to deal with them through that but if the time comes and uh and there's some reason you can't some uh drastic reason as this court has said that you're in fear of your life you're in fear of your safety then you know, you need to know to protect yourself that you don't need a finding of abandonment on you, which DSS will seek on you at that time if you refuse. But you also need to understand how it affects your child if you do, in fact, refuse to take that child back into your home. How does that child feel? So it might not be a legal finding of abandonment, but that child certainly feels abandoned and rejected. And all the other consequences that are come, come with that. So before a person or family decides that they want to adopt a child, a 10-year-old child at that, that already has been diagnosed with severe psychiatric disorders, then maybe that needs to be considered before you get into adopting that child. But for the biological parents and grandparents that I talk to on here, um, you you got to explore all the remedies um, that can come along with that. And we know that, that that's just part of what we deal with. Thank God my um, parents didn't try to go put me up when I was skipping school in the seventh grade and say that I was unruly and being disrespectful. I'm sure that uh, sure there was many times, Mama, that I see you watching that uh, you probably thought about um, thought about going that route. But it. That's up to you to determine as a parent, how is that going to affect your child in the long run going forward? So it's not a license for you um, to think that you can go drop your child off on the courthouse steps. And in fact, that is uh, very illegal for you to do so. So in the end, though, there is there is a protection against abandonment um, under certain circumstances that you just need to be aware of. This is a 2019 case and they use the terms in here dire necessity. And I'm going to wrap up with this because uh, dire necessity has uh, came to be a, a legal term of art where if there is these um, extreme circumstances, or I don't even know to call them extreme, just kind of go with the facts of this case. And if you can outline uh, facts here that would support, then um, it's possible to not get a finding of abandonment, even when it's a, a grandparent, say, for example, that has taken on a child um, in the system. And then the grandma decides, you know, I really can't do it anymore. I have tried, but I'm scared of the child. Um, whatever the case might be, this is an out for abandonment. This is a, this is a way out for the court to say, um, well, let's do a dire necessity finding. That way it does not have to be a finding on the grandparent or the third party, even the adult brother and sister in one of the cases that we have right now took on the children out of DSS care. And now DSS has come back and said, um, we won't because the adult brother and sister after a couple years said we can't do it anymore. 
They're very much threatening our household and our other children. And we just can't do it. We hate it, but we can't. And DSS now wants a finding on them that they neglected or abandoned the children because they couldn't do it anymore. So so this is just um, a, a way to use this language called dire necessity, D-I-R-E necessity, uh, which basically said that it was out of the out of the necessity that these uh, parents couldn't bring this child back into their home. So consider that going forward as you um, educate yourself in, in all the issues that you deal with in this life that we're all, you know, working through together. And uh, understand that there's resources out there if you do have that unruly teenager to try to uh, try to talk through some stuff. There's um, there's folks that at the school, the guidance counselor sometimes that you can talk to um, if you uh, if you feel that you can have um, a, pre, a private conversation with the guidance counselor, you have to understand that the guidance counselor is a, a mandated reporter, too. So that's what you have to look at a lot of times that they'll report whatever you tell them. So a lot of times it's not private. But but think about options that might be available for that child, that teenager to talk to somebody that you can trust, even in the family that might would might would lead them in a, in a good direction and help them to understand what you're trying to do for them. The teenagers just see it that you're just trying to control their life and make their life a living hell and you're not trying to help them at all. And you just want to make them, uh, you know, not have a good life and you want to make them miserable and all this other stuff. So they really can't see our perspective. So reach out to somebody that can and uh, just continue to love them through that. That's the main thing, I think. Uh, love them unconditionally and putting putting them up and abandoning them regardless whether it's a legal finding or not is not loving them unconditionally. So until next time, continue to educate yourself through all the podcasts that I've mentioned on here before. There's so many podcasts that you can find for free on that Spotify app. It's a, it's a free app and there's lots of resources on there available for you just in your normal everyday walk. So I'll see you next time. Thank you.